24 hours a day, seven days a week. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. You're listening to Mentally Sound on Spice FM. I think you'll find that everyone listening to Mentally Sound mean everything to me as well. <laughs> this is how I uh, justify a lot of... Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, have you thought about opening for comedians and <laughs> talk shows? I think on stage... Yeah, I should be like the guy the who does like... Um, act, yeah. yeah, like sort of live at the Apollo or something <laughs> like that, yeah. And I'm like, this guy... Um, <laughs> this guy... <laughs> I don't know, I'm trying to think of... Um, like. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to, but I'm trying to think how could I? I'm, I, I can't think of a comedian where that would work. But anyway, this is such a, this is such a cold open, typical of mentally sound. But um, uh, welcome everyone to mentally mentally sound. My name's Stephen, and uh, the voice you just heard is not just the voice in your head. It is, 
It is Ricky. <laughs> Although, contact me afterwards and we'll all make <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. His phone number is online. <laughs> at, uh, um, and yeah, so this is a show all about mental health. Um, we've got a lot of talking points to talk about before we um, uh, get to our guests because this is a, a guest-laden show. Um, uh, and um, the, and I, uh, I've put my feet up since yeah, last I know, show yeah, because you provided them. Yeah, that's what well, I was two getting. Two of our live guests anyway. That's what so I was getting to. Is well, so done, Rick, well done you. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was a pretty easy thing to obtain, but there you go. But we'll get into that in a second. Um, so, yeah, what Ricky's referring to is Ricky is the one who books the guests for all this is a mental health show. So the disclaimer we do right at the beginning of the show is to say we will talk about taboo, potentially um, uncomfortable, dis- discriminatory aspects to things. You know, we talk, for example, about stuff like suicide, depression. Now, before you change your change the, ch- the channel or whatever the dial. right phrase is, change the dial, yeah, or, or take us off the internet, um, we're not a depressed fest show. Um, we really do try and make it a sort of basically an entertainment show with yeah. the with the with the with the or overpinning topic being that um, being about mental health. So we don't necessarily. Talk talk about everything that's essentially we don't try and bum you out for the rest of the weekend it's it's to get you into the spirit of talking about something as serious as mental health um but doing it in a in a casual enough way that it isn't too impact it isn't um overtly um gonna make you you know feel miserable and um suddenly visit the time bridge which we don't want you to do um and obviously the serious side to this is that we do signposts for any help that people want during the show and um and actually a good example of this which i'm sure ricky will want to talk about is bringing communities together because we did a, a trip to the comfrey project who were on last week but before we discuss that and we have a quick rundown because we have actually a phone interview in five minutes time is to just say that last week we were on uh but no sorry two weeks ago we were on air um, and we had two guests one who's actually going to join us in five minutes time and he has the reason why is we didn't actually record the show there was some sort of problem with the recording software actually if you listen to the last hour which my partner did um, she was aware of it before I even told her that I actually say on air I don't think we're recording um, which is a, which w- actually was true um, by the time I realised that and managed to manually somehow get it to work on the computer it only recorded the last 25 minutes or so so he has the following thing that we're going to do so i must because i wanted to make sure i remember this before we get into anything else is we're going to do a show uh, a week today um the reason for that is because we want to fill the gap that will be on the podcast list because although we did that live two weeks ago was on like you know online and was broadcasting over spice fm that year pointing fm um, we want to we want to fill the gap because basically there'll only be one show in April that we've done, which is this one. And I did double check before we started; we are definitely recording, so so there's no concerns there. So that's essentially what we've agreed, Ricky, b- b- between ourselves behind the scenes is that. So and also because of we're doing that, not only are we going to do two weeks ago our normal show, but then the following week is Mental Health Awareness yeah, Week. Yeah. So we're going to try and figure out to do a show. Yeah. Um, we're going to try and not do it Friday, but. Um, um, because we're pressed for time right now, what I'm going to say is if you tune in next week or the following week after that, we will discuss this in yeah. more detail because um, we have a ton to get through before I ask Ricky very quickly. We do quickly. it, I think, on the Thursday of that week. That's all yes, time, yeah. yes, basically, yeah. The rundown is I prefer not to do Friday because something is on that I want mm-hmm. to do from, with my daughter. Um, so we're going to try and do it on a different day than Friday just for that because it is, it is going to be a special, so I don't think that Matt... I think it's okay for it not to be on Friday, but um, we'll get to that. So, yeah, so the show didn't record two weeks ago so we're going to do an extra show next week and this is the second show of april or uh, the normal show 
Um, very, very complicated, but that's basically the rundown. But so yeah, so we're doing an extra show on the radio, but it's not going to be an extra show if you're watch, listening to the podcast version. We're going to go pull, very, on, very we'll go pull on next month. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. And also this show um, will be released after the show we're doing next week. Yeah. It gets very complicated doing it that way. But basically we're just doing an extra show next week. Yeah. That's all you need to know. And if you listen to the podcast, you'll understand it. Uh, there we go. So... Uh, that's the that's the uh, the the um, letting you know about the, the the news and what's going on with all things mentally sound. Um, so yeah, so what we normally do is do a rundown of what guests we're doing. And does as Ricky jokingly mentioned, he books the show, um, and I've actually got a couple of guests because I went to a conference last month which we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, and and based on that, we've got Darren and Ian from Empowerment Consultancy and Training who are joining us at twelve. 35 um to discuss what their what their company does they're actually interested in being a geek apocalypse which i will talk about when we when we chat to them um so they basically offer um training and consultancy and advice to businesses as well as people with disabilities um carers um uh, you know sort to help with legal stuff because i was reading on their website about you know helping with the disability act and various other things um and yeah removing the you know sort of the stigma of um physical disabilities and the mental consequences of that which is interesting so both Darren and Ian, who are the co-founders, are joining us at 12.35. We have Hope Virgo, who is an anorexia survivor and author behind the Dump the Skills for Teaching. Uh, she's been on before. I recognize her name, actually, as I'm reading this. Um, she's joining us at 1.15 for a phone interview. Um, so, yeah, she's she's been on before, about, and I like the idea of Dumping the Skills. We talked about that when she Some was on. Some exciting updates she's going to reveal to us. So. Excellent. I'm looking forward to hearing that. And Anka Studley, um, who is another person I met at... Uh, the conference I was at for social work um, participation at uh, Northumbria University. She is from Grandparents Plus, uh, which is a national charity for kinship carers. So kinship carers is basically this idea of either a grandparent, hence why it's called Grandparent Plus, or friends of families or people who basically raise children who aren't able to live with their own biological parents, um, which um, is an interesting uh, proposition. So I'm very excited to talk to her. I talked to her um, quite at length, but Darren in particular from Empowerment Consultancy and Training, I talked to for most of my lunch break during the uh, conference he's a very nice guy and ian is as well and he actually he actually did a um speech at the conference so i'm sure we'll talk to him about that um and fi- and the reason i did this in this order is literally in a cut like she's actually ringing the phone now so we need to stop for a break um is uh laura coyle um, who's a mental health peer support worker who was on two weeks ago talking about minds well um so we're gonna we've invited her back on um because in it for us to, so she's able to be on the podcast. This is extremely complicated, and I've tried very hard to make it as simple as I can. But no, basically, you've done really well. Um, but, good but, solution, yeah, best we, solution, yeah, this is the best way forward. Is we're going to do an extra show because the although it was live, the last one wasn't recorded. So in order to be nice to the guests that we're on, we're reinviting them on. I think that's the best way of phrasing Shall it. Shall we talk about the conference after Laura's interview? Yes. We yeah, that. yeah. We'll have some time in the second half to, to redo. Just remind me if you want to make a note oh, that right, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll, yeah, we need to talk about that um, when we get a chance to. But what we're going to do now is take a break uh, for a song so we can um, talk to get Laura on the phone. So we'll be back in literally about two, three minutes time after I play a song. Actually, what I wanted to do, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll queue it up now, um, I wanted to play What If because I wanted it to be on the podcast so we should play the What If yeah, song yeah, yeah. so if you want to for like 30 seconds say what this What If song is again yeah so it's by uh, a previous guest uh, Bino Flute who's the, um, who wrote the song and Steve Pledger another previous guest played the guitar they're doing an album launch in June which we've been invited at 
So um, this is the yeah. first song that they've released and uh, we, we said we'd play it. So um, Excellent. And if you want to ask us any questions or the guests that we just mentioned, it's at underscore mentally sound, which I have up on the computer. If you want to send us a tweet, that's the best way of contacting us while we're on the air. So this is the What If song that Ricky just mentioned and we'll be back to talk to Laura from Mindswell, uh, which is a, a consultancy service in Scotland, right after this message is. What if, what if, what if, what if we stumble, what if we fall, if the world we exist in makes no sense at all, what if the weight becomes too much to bear, we can't really function, we're so full of fear, and what if in darkness, We can't see the light And we start to consider To give up the fight
I love the little heartbeat there that they added to that song. Um, so that is What If by um, Remind Me. Steve yeah. yeah, Steve Pledger, who, as, a, um, as I touched on a couple of weeks ago, obviously went by the mountain stand, um, uh, he was on Geek Apocalypse doing an episode, and Steve is a really good musician. I think all the um, musicians are on that, well, most of the musicians on their album are hoping to come, like, they don't have to say they have to come always, all of them before the album launch, but... Yeah. But um, we'll we hope that they, they'll drop in and play a number. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and then, so yeah, and as I just touched on, the reason we wanted to play that is so that it can be released as a pod, on the podcast, because obviously we only just did that live a couple of weeks ago. Um, but welcome back, everybody. Um, we were just uh, chatting about a whole, whole, whole bunch of things, because we've got such a, a hugely good show for you guys. Thank you, um, actually, for people who have um, who have tweeted to us. I will get to that in a second. Um and just thanks for the followers as well. We've had some, uh, we've had some nice uh, um, and, and retweets. Yeah, yeah. Um, we really appreciate that because obviously that's something we're trying to get better at. Because um, you know, it is essentially me and Ricky doing a lot of the of the work, and um, it's very time consuming. Um, yeah. You know, Spice want us to be a weekly show, which we discuss quite regularly, and go. I mean, just the, the sheer magnitude of that. Um, I think that would be too much for us to handle. Um, but um, one day we'll that is what, the goal. We'll see what the future brings. Um, on, yeah. And as we said at the beginning, we just hope it isn't regarded as like. Sort of a, a, a depressed fest. We try and um, we try and um, have the well. The ethos is with us having like conditions. It doesn't stop us from functioning and doing regular stuff, isn't it? Exactly. I think actually that's the underpinning of what our show yeah. does. Um, by by the fact that we talk about our conditions, it shows that we are capable human beings. Mm-hmm. That is the whole point. And on that note, we have a, a very capable human being waiting on the phone <laughs> uh, to talk to us now. And as nice we just today, touched nice on, today, yeah, nice. What a segue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Laura Laura Coyle, um, who is a mental health PS support worker, um, she works as a, uh, a sort of behavior, um, sort of a self harming tra- trainer helper. Minds Well, which is a um, consultancy service in Scotland. Uh, she's returning from the last show, as we touched on, um, which uh, Ricky actually told me in the break you weren't 100% sure about, that, yeah, we had a problem with issue with the recording. Um, in terms of the podcast, obviously, we were broadcast live two weeks ago, but um, so we wanted to invite her back on to talk about more things, and she joins us on the line now. Hello, Laura. Hello. Hello. It's a pleasure. Yeah. It feels like we just talked to you. <laughs> um, but, you know, thank you so much for agreeing to come back on. Um, it was really interesting. There was a lot of... There was a lot of um, uh, the advantage of having you on so quickly, I guess, to start the ball rolling, is that when we, you know, think about the stuff that we discussed with you, because obviously we'll, we'll, we'll touch on stuff again because the potential for somebody listening who didn't listen before, is, uh, we, we want to uh, touch on a few things again. But it, we, we can delve into things a little bit more because the problem about doing live radio is you can only do little bits at a time. Um, so it's good. I'll, yeah. I'll just, I'll just um, 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 shoo this one in because on, on despite the last show not fully recording, we got a lot of positive response from the show. I know it's um, on Facebook. I'm very pleased to hear that. Particularly, we'll mention later on the regards to the Comfrey Project. And yes. Stuff, but it was such a happy, sort of elevating show I felt the last one. Yeah, that's why it was such a shame that there was an issue, but obviously yeah. that, as we touched on, that wasn't our fault. But anyway, um, so so Laura, um, I just touched on in your introduction before we get to like sort of uh, more specific things we can delve into. Just for the people who may be listening again, like, to this show for the first time, or, or, or different from a couple of weeks ago. Can you just explain to us what Mindswell is? Um, Mindswell is a social enterprise that was set up by Maria um, mm-hmm. back in 2010, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Um, I started off as just being a volunteer with Mindswell and mm-hmm. just what Mindswell does, we deliver training on different um, 
like different trainings, like managing self-harming behaviour training. Yep. We do eating disorder training. We do like different training to different professionals um, to do with mental health. So mm-hmm. there's a variety of ranges of training that we offer. But the one I'm particularly involved in is the managing self-harming behaviours one. Yep. See, Laura, did you mention set up by Maria? Before was it Maria that you mentioned before? Yeah. Yeah. This was the. Um, I understand this was the 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 the, the nurse you work with on the hurting to heal video. Is that right? Uh, Maria's the one, the Spanish one. Yeah. Video. Yeah. Okay. Because I I I watched that video last night, so we'll get on to that. But um, uh, could you just sort of remind us, uh, our listeners, that as from last week, um, uh, your your backstory and how you got involved and and how you eventually became that peer support worker. So, um, Maria was actually, when I was 17, I got, uh, when I got released to the psychiatric ward after the first time he'd been in, mm-hmm. um, I got put in a homeless house, so I needed a youth housing support worker and a penumbra worker at the time. Mm-hmm. And Maria was actually my penumbra worker, but right. then had to leave to go to a different one, and then we lost contact for a few years, and then she contacted me saying she had this idea of a social enterprise called right. Mindswell and would like to be part of it. Right. So my part then was just to go along with Maria to the trainings, tell my story about my experience of self-harm and mental health, give people a chance to ask, to ask me questions yep. and things like that. And then I progressed on to becoming a trained trainer and mm-hmm. managing self-harm and behaviour so I can now take that training myself. Mm-hmm. Um and I've also done my PDA mental health peer support through Mindswell, so that means I'm now a qualified peer support worker as well. Excellent, great, and congratulations for that. Because obviously, I mean, like that's a if if that's not an example of turning a really difficult um, you know problem into into a really wonderful thing to do in life, then that, that's definitely. I know the great word journey is overused sometimes, <laughs> but here's a here's a good example of what a journey you know a successful journey is in that respect. Yeah, and well, one, first, sorry, like I didn't know like how it would affect me to be telling my story all the mm-hmm. time, but then it became like one of the biggest coping mechanisms for me. So yeah, and you're me sharing my story helps me as well. Yeah, well, yeah, I was just about to say that's you, you're preaching to the converted sister <laughs> in terms of uh, <laughs> in terms of what we you know um, that's one of the things we actually uh, discussed that two weeks ago. I think it was after we talked to you actually um, that we had a discussion about saying that Ricky and I. Um, this was with uh, one of our colleagues, Nikki, who helps with the show, talking about the the. I, I'm wondering whether you feel the same way as that when you first talk about your story, people say, "Oh, how do you do it?" Because it's so uncomfortable. But then we were discussing this, and she was a, a therapist, um, and we were talking about that. Really, the only way you can sort of cope with something is to go past that sort of uncomfortable feeling at the beginning. Do you agree with that notion? Yeah, yeah, and plus uh, every training, I'll share different with different people depending on the vibe I get off of the group at the time. All right. Interesting. So depending on how comfortable I feel depends on how much I actually open up. Mm-hmm. And do you find that if you're more open and uh, and willing to discuss your situation and, and sort of keep working on it that your instinct gets better to help other people? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we think that too. Um, yeah, because actually, um, I know Ricky wants to talk to you about hurting to heal. Because remember that was the um, YouTube video you told us to talk um, that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Ricky's seen some of. So I know he's got some questions for you about that. But what I wanted to ask you, because w- w- um, in both 
conversations we've had with you, we mentioned the phrase peer support. Now, there's people maybe potentially listening to this who have had no support at all or maybe not sure about peer support. Obviously, you know, we've both been in some sort of recovery um, situation, so we know what that is. But can you just kind of explain... It, you know, based on your role in your organisation, like what PR support is, and also why do you think it's beneficial? Well, for us, it's self-referred. People have to be ready for it. Well, I believe that people have to be ready for any kind of support, really. Yeah. Um, and you can't force it on them because then it could stop them from what your support in the future. Yeah. Um, so we take a quite a soft approach to it. So if somebody refers herself to us, they might have to have one or two peer support workers to begin with to see what one they connect with because not everybody's got to connect with everybody. Yeah. And we understand that. Um, but once you get matched up to the right person and you're in the peer support role, to me it's more like a befriender rather than peer support because you're just there really to assist them in anything they need. So we don't really, like, nine times out of ten, I'll not talk about self-harm or mental health in my sessions unless the person brings it up um, so we'll just look at different things like things that they, need, they feel need to be improved in their life so maybe if it's somebody that doesn't like go to the shops together yep. a day mm-hmm. and we can go to the shops together mm-hmm. so that they're not feeling like they're on their own um, and just knowing that that person that, that you're getting peer support off of has had some sort of same experience in you and they can relate to you because there's nothing worse than getting a worker that actually really hasn't been through anything. Yeah, and, <laughs> and there's tell the, you, they, I know how you feel, or mm-hmm. yeah, I understand your situation or something. Because it 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 makes means the struggle for empathy, um, basically. Yeah, yeah, and but I could be I could have went through the same thing as that person, but I would never dream of saying to them, "I know how you feel," because what it was for me is not what it was for them. And yeah. it never will be. It's the same with illnesses. You get put in a box because you've all got that illness. Yeah. So you all get that treatment. Mm-hmm. But it's about treating the person as an individual. And yeah, all. that's what I was thinking as you were discussing that, that it's nice that you treat people as individual things. I know Ricky's got a question about hurting to heal. I found, um, the, I found the video uh, very, um, very sort of... Um, for those who aren't aware of all the things associated with self-harm, and I know sometimes we have to be careful talking about it because, you know, with, with triggers for, for, diff- for vulnerable people and so on, but I found it very uh, insightful. Even I learned a lot more, even with, my, I guess, what I my sort of knowledge or limited knowledge about it. But there's several issues there, things like, you know, the, the beginnings that you talk about, paper clips, and many reasons that you self-harm because you want to make sure you're still alive. But I think the, the, the particular thing that I wanted to, to mention and talk about a little bit more was this, this, this point about harm minimization. And I know I was, in, I was sort of impressed by your, your mother's um, understanding as well because she's been a, a bit of a positive force for you. But this notion of the, um, the, the, sh- the people know that you are going to self-harm, so let's, let's make sure that you do it as safely and clean as possible. Can you explain that a little bit more, please? Yeah, well, that's, that's the approach that uh, Mindswell actually worked right. with as well when we're working with people as a harm minimisation approach because we realise that the self-harming is not the actual issue. The self-harming is the solution. So we mm-hmm. tend to try and work with them on the underlined issue instead of taking away their coping mechanisms straight away and potentially putting them at mere risk. We try and work with them while they're still using it, obviously. On the basis that the, the chances are they're going to do it anywhere and potentially in a more lethal way next time, something like that. Yeah, we don't, no way do we 
give them implements or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. No way would we do that. But mm-hmm. we do teach them about safe places where, mm-hmm. to, if they're going to do it, where to do it, mm-hmm. so that they aren't make like having lasting damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, help them on wound care and how to look after themselves because nine times out of ten they won't seek medical treatment so mm-hmm. then you're at risk of infections and stuff. But we hope while working with them on the underlined issues it helps them find new, more positive coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So it's about letting them know that we're not just going to drop their support because they're still using the behaviour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Laura, as we just touched on. Um, I mean, um, uh, um, apologies for telling you as I'm in the pre-interview that the recording didn't happen a couple of weeks ago, but... Um, um, uh, we are, it is recording now, obviously, and so we will we'll release this as a podcast so people can hear your story, obviously, and and just a huge thank you for for obviously coming on a couple of times, and just obviously congratulations on all your success because, as I'm sure you understand, by helping people in your situation, you're you're fortunate to have have overcome you know a lot of your problems, and you're helping people come through that. So congratulations on having that approach, and I just wanted to say as well because I remember it from last time. It's www.mindswell.org.uk if you want more information because they're based in Edinburgh and I know that you were, your your goal was to have a, was it a cafe in, Liv- in Livingston? Yes, right. yeah. yeah, a coffee so. shop in Livingston I'm yeah. actually mine's well I've agreed to do it through them. Oh, fantastic. Mine, so yeah. Oh, well, well, continued uh, success with that. I hope it all goes well. When it and, opens, um, speak to us again. We'd love to, uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe Spice yeah. will send us up there on a yeah. trip. So. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks, Laura and uh, have a great weekend. <laughs> thanks, Laura. Right, thank you. Thanks, Bye. Dick. Bye. Bye. Wow, fantastic! Yeah, what a really nice, what a nice person for coming back on. And like, as I say, I I recommend people go to the website I just met- mentioned. We'll share the video as well. I'll, I'll share on our social media because it's really worth watching. It's weird. Um, the phone isn't. Um, I'm sorry, Ricky, if your ears hurt during that because I um, it's very hard for us to hear the phone. Um, while we're on air, um, so I had to turn the volume up on our headphones, and it almost like it rings your oh, ears right, pretty badly, right. but it worked out. So I was saying to him, like I was like miming to him, "Sorry, Ricky, it's so loud." <laughs> but there you go. Right, we really need to take a break now because Darren and Ian are waiting in the wings from Empowerment Consultancy and Training. So we're going to talk to them after we we'll play some ads, and then we're going to play um, Alison Chains, uh, which is a uh, Wood, which is a fantastic song. I want to play that again because it's one of my favorite songs yeah, at the minute. Yeah. Um, and then we'll be back uh, with Darren and Ian from Empowerment Consultancy and Training here on Mentally Sound 98.8 FM right after these messages. For the community, by the community. Spice FM 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM.
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. That was, which I'm really pleased, Ian, who's waiting in the wings, says, I've got great musical taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was Alison Chains with Wood, um, which, as if you heard the show two weeks ago, I've only just got into them. Um, I, I, I wasn't really into uh, sort of, uh, what, what did, would you say it's grunge, Ricky? Yeah, I, I grew up on grunge in the 90s. I'm suspecting you did as well, Ian, yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah, um, my sister used to keep me up because my sister is like, my, the oldest of my siblings and she used to endlessly listen to Soundgarden so I know Soundgarden a lot more than I do Alison Chains but uh, I think they're a really good band but, uh, but there you go um, so welcome back everybody huge thank you to Laura who was from Mines World in Scotland thank you so much for her and a huge thank you to Hope Virgo who's coming on in a bit because she um, actually tweeted a really cool um, tweet that I'm just wa- watching now of um, like a, f- a four piece thing of her at Downing Street and a couple of pictures of uh, our show and of herself about the petition so I'm excited to talk to her she's going to be be here at quarter past one but we're not going to keep our special guests waiting in the wings because i say that because i've met these guys before and um, so the context before i introduce you guys you just heard ian very briefly before so these guys are from the empowerment consultancy in training and i met these guys at the conference for social work uh, the reason for that is because um it's for the social work participation course at Northumbria university and a couple of weeks ago which i actually changed the schedule for this show to actually be able to attend because it was on a friday which you guys are not because yeah. you remember um, so yeah I met these guys uh, Ian did a talk which I'm sure we'll discuss um, but yeah the um, and I really enjoyed talking I talked to Darren throughout my lunch throughout the lunch uh, we had a really awesome conversation and I was really curious about them so I told them about the show and and yeah they are now live in the studio so we'll hello Ian and uh, Darren hello guys hello. Hello. hi it's a real pleasure to talk to you guys obviously um, so we'll start um, uh, we'll start with you Darren um, so as we just touched on, I, I talked to you about the, the, the company stuff and at the conference. And I guess the first obvious question is to say, did you enjoy the conference? I did. It was the first one I've been to. It was mm-hmm. really interesting. It's a good networking opportunity. Obviously, you met people like yourself. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's good to hear other people's stories and service user involvement, really, and how we yeah. take it forward. Mm-hmm. How did you... Um, I, I'm just curious, and I mean, maybe Ian knows this as well, but if you feel free to... If you knew that this and Darren doesn't there, uh, how did you guys find out about the conference and participate in the beginning? Uh, it was initially through Sarah Lombie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who, Is that right? Uh, 
who we've done work with previously and supported through uh, Northumbria Neswa. Neswa. Ah, yes. Yeah. I, I thank you for. Rem- I was trying to remember what the abbreviation was because yes, I'm dyslexic. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, Neswa. The, yeah. the North the Social Work Alliance. Yes, which the Sarah Longby runs. Yeah, yes. uh, who's the chair chairman of? Yeah. So yeah, so you found you found out for so her. That's how we found out about it, and obviously, uh, given the role that we play now and in, in our company, um, we thought it would be a great opportunity for us to come along and uh, yeah, you know yeah. And network, which is how you met me and everything yeah. else. Yeah, I, I, I thought as a, a networking opportunity, it was a really good idea and it was a fantastically run conference. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not just saying that. I'm sure Sarah, who I'm hoping to get on here at some point, um, um, she, uh, I'm sure she would say the same thing. Um, you know, and I don't think she's being, um, you know, sort of egotistical and saying I think it went really well. Um, so Ian, um, uh, um, obviously ha- happy to have you on. It's a real pleasure. Um, and I just wanted to ask you about, um, because uh, you were the man of the hour doing a speech there, <laughs> and uh, I'm just curious. I'm just curious because um, as someone who does speeches now and again, um, I'm just wondering how how you found it and how was the experience. Um, I was. I've I've done quite a few of those mm-hmm. speeches, and on the day I think it was something that I was just uh, on the day to talk about. But yes, we were um, invited. My background is around service user involvement, mm-hmm. yeah. and the 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 piece that I was doing was about valuing people's time and yeah. about the expense for people and. Yeah, so that's basically what it was about. Yeah, and I really, uh, as someone who obviously has uh, worked at the university and all that sort of stuff, and I've been a freelancer at certain points in my life as well, and, and I can uh, the frustration that you sometimes have to go through. And I was pleased that you, you know, someone like yourselves who runs a company appreciates the uh, the, the difficulty in that because yeah. it, uh, it's it's always a, a challenging thing. So before I let Ricky in, because I'm sure Ricky's got some questions, because obviously I sent you his stuff to look at. Uh, um, uh, but I thought an interesting thing is to talk about the company because you've touched on that um so you guys are is co-founders an appropriate um appropriate uh work, yeah, like yeah. phrase that he's both I, I, as far as i remember when i talked to darren as that's what you said that yeah, yeah. um co-founders i think seems an appropriate thing so how did the how did the we'll start with you darren like how did the empowerment consultancy and training come about because and also um i'm wondering if you could touch in because you said you worked for the nhs to me um yes, it, do you want to um, talk would you mind I, talking about that as well i work for the local authority for uh, 12 years mm-hmm. uh, as a wellness coach and that encompassed all areas of health yeah um, supporting individuals with physical health as well as emotional well-being mm-hmm. and obviously uh, due to the current climate and cuts and services yes my role was no longer there um, so <laughs> I, I, I felt like you were going to go they deemed it not necessary <laughs> no, so, <laughs> which is terrible so, so oh, yeah. that uh, yeah no longer existed but obviously I had a lot of experience working in the community and supporting people with all kinds of health problems Mm -hmm. from addictions to uh, emotional well-being as I said to physical health supporting people into the gyms and things like that and getting them back and integrated into the community for whatever reason if they fell out of the community um, for all different reasons Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a little bit about my background and obviously having a a physical impairment myself and registered as a disabled person Um, but as it's a cerebral palsy isn't it did you tell me yes Um, obviously diagnosed with that Mm -hmm. um, as a child Mm -hmm. and spent the majority of my life as a wheelchair user mm-hmm. um i'm pleased to say through surgery and things now in recent years i'm 
now able to walk so that's that's a different yeah. story in itself mm-hmm. but, uh, we might get we might have time for that but yeah um so i had a lot of experience and obviously i've known in for 15 years yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, just, I wish you were in the studio to see Ian's reaction you said like, yeah you have known me 15 years <laughs> you lucky man <laughs> but, yeah. um, and, and um, basically uh, we Ian was at a point in his career obviously mm-hmm. I'll let Ian tell you about the organisation he came yeah, from pre and that, yeah. the background but uh, we decided to get our heads together and, uh, and mm-hmm. there was still a need for services out there um, to support individuals in the community, mm-hmm. um, it's just that the the funds weren't there to support some of the community projects. Yeah. So we kind of got together and said, look, you know, where can we fill in the gap, as it were, yeah. fill this gap, and and yeah. obviously create something out of it that's going to support people. And uh, so we came up with Empowerment Consultancy and Training, which is a community interest company. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It is. If anybody doesn't know anything about community interest companies, it's it's run as a business, but it has a, a community interest as it suggests. Yeah. It has charitable aims. It it's it, it's not for profit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you you're there to, to to bring about change and improve services. Great. And support people who need it. Yeah. You know? Great. So, so Ian has a uh, fantastic answer. So what? Um, as as Darren was just touching on, do you want to? Uh, and then I'll see. I'll say Ricky will ask you a couple of questions. Is just because um, we share. Um, just for the for the avoidance of any doubt of people listening, we're sharing a microphone because um because uh, we're only off three microphones here. Um, so Ricky will ask a question in a second. But uh, yeah, so touching on what Darren just said, uh, maybe a little bit about your background, Ian, if you don't mind, just yeah, how before you got to the the company you run now. Yeah, my my background is um, I've worked in the voluntary and community sector mm-hmm. for. 15 to 20 years wow um i don't know where that went <laughs> but um the organization i was with was gated access panel okay and unfortunately due to funding issues mm-hmm. yep the the access panel had to close yeah but the issues that i supported around the service user involvement mm-hmm. and around the training was still relevant and still yeah as Darren says, still needed. Yeah. So we got together and we said, well, I've got this background. Darren's got the background that he has with the health. Mm-hmm. So to marry those two together mm-hmm. um, seemed like it made sense to both of us. It really does, because it sounds like it's almost like two different sides of like mm-hmm. a, of, of an approach, of, of in a sense, because mm-hmm. if you've worked in the community centre and you've worked as like a sort of in the professional field, Mixing the two together means it's almost like you're kind of doing legal and application, if you see yeah. what I mean. Like, um, makes a great deal of sense. So, Ricky, you got any questions? Yeah. So, I want. I noticed on your website, you the, the the it was mentioned about the Equality Act. Um, I know that businesses was it 2010? Am I right in that? Yes. So, yes. it was that. Do you fit your ethos around that act and make sure that all businesses and and people who are, are getting to work feel that they can contribute, uh, or, 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 or that that sort of manifesto anyway is fully behind them. Yeah. It should be on every company's agenda uh, to adhere and follow that act. Um, I think one of the barriers that we come up against now uh, with businesses and employers is that a lot of companies are going towards the online training, mm-hmm. um, which has its pros and cons. Yeah. Now, for 
ease of use and practicality from a business point of view for for the the owner of the business mm -hmm. it makes sense because mm -hmm. the the training can be done very quickly mm -hmm. it can be done online so mm -hmm. it, it means no staff downtime etc mm -hmm. but from an actual it, it's kind of a tick in a box yeah. kind, kind of exercise yeah. but the, the differences with the training that we offer at the moment with it being a service user led mm -hmm. organisation mm -hmm. you don't get that personal experience which mm -hmm. it, it's really more informative mm -hmm. by by doing this type of training mm -hmm. um, but obviously it's the, 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 the as I said the barrier that we have is that it's uh, it's more cost effective for people just to go I like that you, I like that you say the tick box thing because we've often used that phrase here don't we because we feel yeah. that it's often a cover and often a lot of these implementations are not followed through do you feel that then with with, with sort of mental because it's sort of a mental health show but does it does it get this the the kind of equality I guess for for better, for want of a better terminology than with like physical health are they on an equal footing or is there still a bit work, bit more work I to think do on there that is Still, work to be done. We were just having discussions about the mm. that we're both physically impaired, yeah. but in dealing with that, there's a psychological a impact as well. Day, yeah, I understand. Says, yeah, yeah we've, we've got the mental health mm -hmm. side, but Darren's background is also around mental health, so we, we mm -hmm. can match the two. But I think mm -hmm. around the training for the user involvement side. Things I think that we can give case studies of yeah. our own experiences mm. or people that we support. So I think that's the ethos of the training that I've always provided. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of matching the two together. Yeah, it's for, it's it's a uh, yeah. We call we call it on this show lived experience. Is that if you yes. have the lived experience yeah. of doing something, you're much more likely to get. Uh, not, I mean, not necessarily a, 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 um, a guaranteed, uh, like you know, sort of um, rapport with somebody because you know, obviously, everybody has different personalities and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But, but it gives you much more of a chance because yeah. you know, um, we just were talking to Laura, who was the phone guest before you guys came on, and she made a really good point because she helps with self harm, mm -hmm. and you find that like she said, she was basically talking about what she finds particularly like she works as a peer support worker that too many people say the phrase i understand how you're feeling and yeah. you know and there's certain examples I, I mean the obvious one i guess if i was being honest in this discussion is to say i i would be very uncomfortable saying it to you guys because i have no idea what that your physical yes. the, the physical stuff that you guys have went through i'm assuming is is I assume is um is difficult, but I wouldn't dare to say that I understand it completely because I can't because I'm not on your shoes. So, mm. um, I think that's important because on the back of what you just said, Ian, which is a, I think a very powerful point, because we always talk about how you know if you don't have an obvious physical limitation, I guess let's say so. So I I don't have a physical limitation, but it's it's funny, isn't it? Because do you find that people who have a mental health condition, because as, as Darren knows, because I talked to him about this at the a thing, I have bipolar disorder. So whenever I talk about my bipolar disorder, because we were talking at the introduction today for some particular reason because of my disorder, I had trouble getting out of bed today and I had no real reason not to. 
Um, I wanted to come to the show and everything, but I really just struggled today, and it it was it was kind of weird for me because I'm not I I don't feel particularly upset today or anything, but it was just hard. Well, I admit um, to you and personally that I had a mild anxiety attack, and I was like, but you know, yeah, I had difficulty getting around as well. But, you know. So the point I wanted to ask you guys is that so so in that sense. If you have a mental health condition, people forget the physical aspect to a mental health condition yeah. in terms of the limitations. Yeah. Uh, and as you just said, do you find it's a it's a it's a good comparison to say the obvious thing with your having physical limitations? Because obviously, if you don't mind me saying, Ian's in a wheelchair, yeah. um, you have a walking stick, and do that? Do people focus too much on what they see in front of themselves, and they find that the mental health side of a physical limitation is just never discussed? Well, I think because it's a people say that the physical side of it, yeah. Whereas, like uh, with, with your disorder, as you put it, it's not visible, so people are unaware. Yeah. Well, instantly people know that I have an impairment of some kind because yeah. I walk with a stick, and as you say, and uses a chair. The the knock-on effect of that is that people think, oh well, he's fine. He uses a stick. Ian uses a chair. But th- there's a bigger picture with that, yeah. Because of the day-to-day frustrations that I have, whereas, uh, well, I get tired for one, yeah. Because my legs are still developing after several years in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. most of my life. Um, the the amount of times I fall over during the day mm-hmm. causes me to be frustrated, yeah. Um, and like anybody, when you get tired, if you've had a long day at work or whatever. And on top of that, you've got the physical impairment. You get a little bit irritable, let's say. Yeah. Uh, a bit of a short fuse. Mm-hmm. But that's... It's all about understanding and being aware of, of what your needs are. Yeah. So being self-aware, because going back a good few years, I thought, I, I, I can't I can't deal with it. it it's yeah. too difficult. Yeah. It's easier to be in my wheelchair, because I don't have to, than worry about the fatigue... Yeah. tiredness I don't have to worry about falling over I can carry more things on my knee whereas when I'm walking I can't carry as much so I think when people visualise the physical impairment they don't necessarily see the frustration and anger that comes along with that mm. um, I don't know what Ian's experiences are uh, disability is a huge area to cover everybody's, of course, yeah. everybody's different mm-hmm. I, think, I think I would say that yeah. um I once had a manager in a previous job who said, how do I deal with stress? My answer was that I don't get stressed. And I had always avoided stress Mm -hmm. because I had to deal with the physical impairment. Okay, yeah. So when I go into a job where I'm trying to affect social change, then stress comes on to me. So I've just got... To deal with that in the same way that other people do. Exactly, yeah. I've got the physical impact on top of that. Mm-hmm. So it can drain you from time to time. And you have to have a lot of rest time mm-hmm. and think about how you manage your time. What a fantastic point. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a really powerful point. So we've had um, quite similar organisations like yours on before. And uh, I'm always interested in this concept of how you know, disability and mental health in the workplace. Where do you think we are, we are with that? And um, what can companies, employers do to increase diversity where people who 
perhaps have the same issues as we have sitting around this table where we can feel comfortable that we can off- that we can offer you what what you know what skills we have because we all have skills because we have conditions doesn't mean we we can't contribute i think it's just creating an awareness and an understanding mm. and uh, transparency where people are able transparency, to talk, yeah good word are, are able to talk about things without feeling judged mm-hmm. you know a few years back if somebody was diagnosed with a mental health problem, mm-hmm. there was all these negative connotations attached mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. because people don't understand and people are frightened of mm-hmm. what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Do you also think that on that point that, you know, because sometimes when we were all applying for jobs, you know, when we left school, college, whatever, and when it came to, like, list of conditions, we were probably all a bit sort of like, mm, should I mention that? But I guess we're, we're trying to be positive about this. Yes, let's do mention that because if we keep it hidden, therefore, we're not going to deal with it really are we well that, that that's the thing particularly now with mental health mm-hmm. it, I, I think it's only in recent years that it's yeah. become more and more recognizable mm-hmm. because of high profile celebrities if yeah. you like being mm-hmm. diagnosed with disorders and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. and it doesn't discriminate mm-hmm. it's it's not in relation to mm-hmm. lifestyle necessarily mm-hmm. it doesn't matter about the money you mm-hmm. earn or anything like that mm-hmm. anybody can have a form of mental illness yeah. there is there is a um a fear in the workplace mm-hmm. that disabled people are going to have a lot of sickness as well mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've worked with a lot of people with both physical and mental health mm-hmm. problems where they've actually done more hours because they're trying to prove to themselves yeah. and others that they can achieve mm-hmm. uh, the, the, I mean this is, this is an example I was talking to you guys in the cafeteria these are such such a complicated and interesting debates that like it's a shame in a radio show that we have to stop now because like this is really fascinating but um, yeah I d- that the idea of guilt whether it be physical or mental I think is a really horrible stumbling block for a lot of people because the guilt they feel of um, and it that's that's unfortunately what I think that the, the barrier is and the stigma is that because they don't feel comfortable sharing it that they just endure it mm-hmm. to the point of explode yeah. to it to, yeah. the, to the point of implosion, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is where you guys, I think, because um, I know you do some consultancy stuff, yeah. is that the idea of kind of teaching people that like kind of um, helping people through something rather than wait until it becomes like this Absolutely. really or prevention. We yeah. we joke we should have like a Las Vegas thing where it just uh-huh. um, it like it like brightens up every time we talk prevention yeah. prevention you know like it just mm. flashes like a, a Las Vegas uh, sign you know. Anyway, unfortunately we're out of time, guys but like what I wanted to say we always ask people like online presence and stuff like we're all, like if there's any more information people can find like are you on the interwebs and how people can get in touch and all sort of thing mm-hmm. so we have a website it's uh, www.empowermentcic.com great and we have a Facebook page and we're hopefully in the future going to be having a YouTube channel and make videos and, oh, cool. and basically uh, highlight some of the issues that people face maybe yeah. have a GoPro camera attached to mm-hmm. it and, mm-hmm. yeah. so you guys are based in Burtley is that right yeah. that's right that's we're, right, yes. we're based in uh, Pine Tree Business Centre in Burtley mm-hmm. uh, have an office there and obviously we have a few people that work and support us and basically it's just there to empower individuals offer them any sort of support that they may need and also deliver training to businesses around equality and legislation mm-hmm. and access audits and things like that yeah great because i was going to ask you like i mean um anything you want to add to that ian um no i think that's that's um, the, the training's a big thing that we're 
pushing and I yeah. think um, getting into employers yeah. is a, a big move. A on. little bit more understanding yeah. from yeah. the ground. Good luck that, yeah. yeah, good luck with everything. And um, I mean, um, I, uh, I get it, it's just really, really nice because obviously, even though obviously, like, you know, like um, the, the, you guys uh, touch on a, a particular thing, like a lot of organizations do, the fact that you do have, though, a wider scope as well, I think, is what makes it interesting. And mm-hmm. as we just touched on, and I hope it happens, that like some of these issues we can talk about on the podcast that yeah. we, we'll try and we'll try and organize because um, it'd be nice to come down and see your facilities and everything Absolutely. and see what's going on. Um, yeah. Great. Um, huge. It was a huge pleasure meeting you guys at the conference. Um, well done on your speech, Jane. Um, Thank you. Um, I think it went. I, th- I thought it went well. <laughs> so uh, you know, I mean, but I'm only one person, as they say. So yeah, but everyone seemed to everyone seemed to think it was great um, for who I talked to, and it was a real pleasure talking to you, Darren, in the lunch. It was really nice. Brilliant. Um, and I look forward to talking to you guys again. Thank you very much. And good luck with everything. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, great. Uh, so what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break for some ads. Um, you know, because obviously we've got to make the p- make the payment, as they say. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to play some ads now, and then we'll uh, we'll play a song, and then we'll be right back to maybe do mental health news for 10 minutes because we need uh, uh, finally because we always never get a chance so we're right back after the ads on the song uh, right here on Mentally Sound on 98.8 FM Sick of the same old radio sound (sighs) Then you need Vibrant Radio Spice up your life Spice FM 98.8 FM The Glasses Factory has arrived on West Road in Newcastle. To celebrate the opening of our new flagship store, The Glasses Factory are offering free eye tests, plus a £5 voucher for each eye test conducted. The Glasses Factory are always here to help. We have multilingual assistants in Punjabi and Urdu, and also both male and female attendants. See for yourself. The Glasses Factory, 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191 273 Log on at Glasses factory.co.uk or search us out on Facebook Have you heard about the latest wedding and events venue in town? The New Bridge Hotel in the heart of Newcastle City Centre is now available for Asian weddings, celebrations and events. The New Bridge Hotel's newly refurbished Granger Suite has a capacity of up to 400 guests. And the Tyne Suite is the perfect setting for a welcome drinks reception. We are fully equipped for your choice of caterer to work from our kitchens. And we'll also provide all your crockery, cutlery, glassware and linen. The New Bridge Hotel, New Bridge Street, Newcastle, offering a unique, unforgettable experience for your big day. For more information, get in touch with our dedicated wedding coordinator on 0191 250 5400 or email sales at the newbridgehotel.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Spice FM 98.8 FM. No time to pretend Dust off and try again Straight out of lion's den Strong as a thousand men That's what I've been told Since I was six years old Dug down and counted ten
fantastic song that was axwell and ingrosso with on my way which um i've played about like sort of uh, uh, i don't know maybe a few mo- a few months ago because it was um uh, i found it when they had it on espn for the world poker championships because i like oh, really? a little bit of poker okay. um it's a little bit of a dance song and um i just saw it on um not not the database my database is in the emails and whatnot <laughs> and i was like oh i want to play that because it's a good song i'm not hurt in a while mm-hmm. um so huge thank you to darren and ian we were at the who are still there just taking photos and stuff before they leave but um uh, and uh yeah we're gonna we'd um we've just arranged uh for potentially to do a, a pod uh, my pod my podcast geek apocalypse and mm-hmm. um, where we'll discuss a lot more stuff because we uh, as ricky said when we ended we only scratched the surface really so um we're gonna i'm gonna go and see them guys at their office and we're gonna sort something out but a huge thank you to them it was a fantastic interview um but yeah what we're going to do now is me and ricky are just going to chat for about five minutes uh, and then uh hope virgo who uh is um been tweeting about being on which uh she's been on before what uh how long has it been since hope's been on the show uh i think it head, was about seven eight months do you remember oh really it was that long ago God. yeah okay do you remember um so pre-luna yeah <laughs> what could it be yeah Remember yeah. when the priest came and talked about his life story, read his book? Yes. Um, That's right, yeah. Because they were both on the same publishing company, Trigger Press, and they're both on the same like roster of, of, of authors, published authors by that company. So, wow. um, so he was saying, like, oh, say hi to Hope for me, and, and she was like, say hi to, yeah, so. And it's hard to believe as well. I was thinking, so we've probably done 10 mentally sound since Luna's been born. Oh. That's quite crazy when you think about yeah. it. Um, well, there you go, because she's five months 
one week old. Okay. Uh, which is quite crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. We're crazy when you think about it. Um, Shall we quickly to mention Comfrey? Because I've written yes, it down. Yes, uh, we've got five minutes. That's actually, yeah, that's actually a very good idea. Because um, we keep forgetting we, to do mental health news. Shall we do mental health news towards the end? With our well, we're doing anchor. We'll see what we'll see if see he's okay. willing to do it, yeah. Okay. Because um, it's it's a it's a shame we keep forgetting to do it because it was a it's a good segment so we'll mm-hmm. try we'll we'll pers- we'll try and make sure that we take uh, we yeah. set aside some time in future because yeah. um, we keep forgetting to do it so um, but yeah um, that's actually a great time because we've got five minutes until like I say um, Hope's going to join us on the phone in five minutes time so we'll take a quick break we'll play a song in five minutes time so we can uh, answer the phone and then uh, we'll we'll chat mm-hmm. to her mm-hmm. um, about her. Um, uh, eating disorder petition dump the skills mm-hmm. um, which uh, she talked about last time which apparently she got some good news about that but we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a bit mm-hmm. but yeah Comfrey sent us so I'll set it up and Ricky can talk about it is um, uh, so the Comfrey project is, who were on two weeks ago as we touched on with Laura who was on at the beginning of the show as we wanted to um, get them guys back on the show yeah. because we talked to Belmira and, and Lucy, Lucy yeah. um, who were volunteers for the Comfrey project um, who basically if you didn't listen to two weeks ago, which uh, is, is entirely possible, um, they... We well, might have got repeated. Did it get repeated? It, apparently it does. Um, right. They actually want to know when it gets repeated. We, okay. I'll actually, I'll do a little digging and see if I can find yeah. out when it does, because we yeah. never know. It, as far as I understand it, when we first started, it was Monday afternoon. Um, can I ask a quick technical yeah. question? Sorry. Yeah. If, so in future, say for example, for, if a show didn't get recorded for whatever reason. Yeah. So if it's not in the system, it can't therefore get repeated. I, I know that when, like, um, sometimes if there's some sort of issue with playing the last show, he'll play, like, a show that's right, done previously. Okay. So right. I imagine that's yeah. what he would have done. I think that's play the most actually, recent yeah. one. Yeah, because I have listened to it a week after, and it's not been the right. most recent one. I yeah. don't know why. Mm-hmm. There may be some sort of problem with that. Anyway, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, so that's the answer to that. So, comp- yeah, so um, as we touched on with Laura earlier on, the recording didn't work two weeks ago, so we wanted to have the Comfrey guys on because the Belmira and Lucy were volunteers for that organisation. It was organization. a fun interview, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a really good interview, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, even uh, Darren actually said that the guy that who had just left said that they listened to oh, uh, two weeks ago. So one, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, yeah, you weren't. Yeah, it was um, I, when I met them just before the show started, yeah. um, and they said that they listened to that bit, so that was nice. So. Um, so what we decided to do, um, uh, and which will not go into too much de- detail when I explain this, is that we went to visit them on Tuesday, um, and uh, there was a there was a situation where the plan was we were going to do a pre-record for today's show. Um, that didn't happen for a reason that we'll not go into because it's their business, but basically an understandable reason that um, that we had to rearrange. Mm-hmm. So the plan. Um, so I'll, I'll let Ricky. Sit but they were nice enough the to give us a little tour, yes. and, and it generated ideas for next time when we go down there. So we'll do a brief fun record. Yeah. Thing. So um, do you want to talk about the place? Because I, I mean, it was fa- it, I thought it was an unbelievable place. It was really good. Place. I mean, yeah. thanks to your 2020 vision, you were able to spot it <laughs> and you were walking around looking for it. Yeah, uh, Ricky was like, I uh, thought like I had some sort of superhuman powers because we were trying. <laughs> to find it because I was using my GPS on my phone and I saw a sign and I went oh it says Comfrey Project and he went but before, where? before <laughs> that you actually saw the outdoor sort of tent thing that yeah. Had to, to, yeah it so looked like a beekeeper it, what yeah. it, it turns out was it wasn't the beekeeper place because I was thinking why would that be in a greenhouse um, but it, they had a little greenhouse for like plants a greenhouse tent yeah, yeah. plants that don't um, grow during winter, the winter yeah. Uh, yeah. which is a so fantastic exotic, idea exotic veg and all that yeah. um, so they grow and also yeah, yeah exotic plants that are not known to be in England mm. because 
because obviously that so yeah what I was trying to say was the Comfrey project helps assign and seek as and refugees mm-hmm. that's the that's the important yeah. point and it's a really important issue for us to talk about because we have had the West End refugees Refugee service, yeah. um, uh, on so we want to kind of create a more diverse mm. um, obviously not not make it you know I guess if we want it to be stereotypical we don't want to be stereotypical ironically by having you know just like a, a white British um, you know voice on this show when you're talking about um, refugee as we with the Ref- Western Refugee Service it's like you know when when you've escaped sort of war-torn places you're carrying images like you know which is going to trigger their own trauma the PTSD that, that kind of thing yep. so together with all the things that they do there things like horticultural therapy which we've talked to a few organisations that do that mm-hmm. um, other things like beekeeping crafts learning English uh, computer skills and all that they help them get back on their feet and we met a couple of people and uh, you can yeah. see what it mean, meant to them. Didn't yeah, uh, what we actually said to them because uh, the phone's going, so we're going to have yeah. to take a break. It's like uh, it's like I'm uh, Commissioner Gordon in Batman, <laughs> isn't <laughs> it? And I need to answer it because Batman's on the talk. A bit jealous. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's really what this looks like. <laughs> Quite a good uh, segment. One of these, the other, one of the other would just leap across and yeah, grab and be like, you hello, <laughs> and be some someone we're not expecting. Yeah. <laughs> be like some some viewer going, turn up the volume. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, um, but on all seriousness, we talked to them about the Bladen Shed, which is what we went. It was yeah. well which is obviously a men's shed uh like sort of similar um, place isn't it yeah and they're, they're talking about if given their information that uh, pass on their information and maybe they'll do a thing so this yeah. is what i was saying at the beginning of the show about we're trying to bring communities together and be that mm-hmm. be the sort of segue to that yeah. and it sounds like that's going to happen which we're really proud of mm-hmm. um so yeah really exciting so so what we're going to do is we're going to see them in mental health awareness week in a few weeks time we're going to do a pre-record there which is really exciting we're going to talk to some people who um, obviously get a lot out of that project and then we're going to play that on our special for Mental Health Awareness Week which as I touched on earlier we will discuss that in uh, in a future show because we're, we have a guest waiting in the wings so we're going to take a really really short break right now I'm going to try and see if I can find a really really short song uh, no, uh, oh no it doesn't have to be too long it doesn't have to be too short does it so um, make sure it's not a live version of anything yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. so we're going to play the 8 uh, the 12 minute version of <laughs> Stairway to Heaven uh, yeah. <laughs> where Jimmy Page does that uh, yeah, yeah. so sit down guys it's going to be a fun ride um, but yeah okay uh, I don't know whatever uh, well, we can always fade whatever song down yeah what, no no that's five minutes long Stephen don't play that um, uh, Roxy Music I know that no I can't play that because it's six minutes long oh no I'm so not prepared for this uh, oh come on oh I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I'll find something on my my uh, on my database talk amongst yourselves <laughs> um, oh, I'll play um, what was it uh there you go. I'll play that because I really wanted to listen to it. So I'm going to play from a couple of weeks ago, James Hype featuring Craig David, the No Drama song, which was in that uh, Hairspray advert. Um, and then we'll be right back to talk to Hope Virgo right after this song, uh, James Hype featuring Craig David. We don't need no drama, don't need problems in my head. We don't need no drama. Dancing to a different tempo. Could just be an echo. I've been reflecting my perspective, and now I know the love is never simple, no matter high or low. And if it brings you pain, then it's okay for you to let go. We don't need no drama, don't need problems in my head. We don't need no drama, dance with my body instead. When the night falls on us one by one, we will forget everything that drama.
Guys missed a really uh, uh, funny moment in the studio. Well, I'm about to melt sound, obviously. Um, that uh, uh, Ricky was um, having a fight with a fly uh, during during our two and a half minute Not break. Not quite a f- fight. I was just <laughs> trying to usher usher. He was trying to be the. What, if you're going to be a guest in the studio, you might as well speak. If you're not going to speak, leave. That's what I'm saying. Well, we always try and say that we're a fly in the wall show. <laughs> um, well done. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is. You are the audience. The fly here and here is the audience for our show. Yeah. Um, uh, listening intently to our conversation. He's buzzing about the show, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, yeah, that was the drums falling off the hills. Um, but yeah, um, I said, what, what was? The, how do you say the guy's name, Mister Mister Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi? I said he was trying to do the spirit of Mister Miyagi to to take out this fly because it was starting to irritate everybody. But there you go. Um, welcome to the summer, everybody. Um, but uh, yeah. A huge, obviously that was uh, um, James Hype featuring Craig David uh, with no drama, which is some, on some advert about hair, about hair dye. I think it is. Um, I'm not. I mean, obviously, we'll not mention the product because uh, um, we don't need to. We're not, we're, they're not paying <laughs> us to say it. Um, but it's a really, really great song. Well, um, if you want to pay us, then then yeah. Speak to us but if you want to, we will say that. Right. Yeah, no, we're we're we're, we're, <laughs> we're not. Hopefully, it don't come across well that cheap. But we we'll just be like, we'll just get any sponsor we we just so desire. Um, but anyway, um, a huge thank you. That. Uh, um, did you find that a really amazing interview? I, I did. Like, I know we say that a lot. We're not trying to blow our own trumpet, but I thought it was a really. It's, all, it's one. Of, it's again. It's one of those where you feel that fifteen, twenty minutes isn't enough because what they're doing. This is social enterprise, but for a really good cause, and there's so much more we can. Uh, so if we do get to talk to them. That'll be really cool. Yeah. Um. So as yeah, as I touched on, so I'm going to talk to them about going to going to do some recording, a long form for Geek Apocalypse because I think. As I keep listening, obviously I listen back to the shows and I'm the one who puts it up as a podcast and whatnot. And the when I listen back to them, I realise that a lot of the conversations we have been, con- being that we're confined to radio, yeah. is that um, 
we don't get an opportunity to kind of talk to something in a bit of detail that having an hour to sit down with people and they're a classic example of that they've got a million I mean what I realised as well with them having a, dis- a physical disability yeah. because we talk about mental health which is a good which actually is an interesting angle for physical exactly. you know but at the same time we never really discuss their There's disability trajectories either um, way with physical yeah. condition as a mental health trajectory with a yeah. mental health condition as a physical trajectory yeah. so it's like which is a good interesting angle yeah. to approach it So, but on the bit yeah. of talking again I mean many guests are coming back on our show which can't be bad so it's good for us <laughs> and and talking of which, yeah. <laughs> what a segue! Yeah. Um, is uh, we have Hope uh, Virgo, who I um, obviously I run down the the the, um, the guests at the beginning of the show, and we had her on several months ago. I um, we should have probably checked this before, um, but um, it was to talk about the Dump the Scales campaign, uh, which is a campaign about um, about um, eating about eating disorders. It's not just about weight, and um, it's about. Um, you know, promoting like you know, um, you know, basically just to take the uh, what I remember uh, Ho talking about, which she'll talk about this better than I am right now. But you know, basically just not having the skills to be like uh, the idea of it being successful. But I'm sure she'll talk about that more eloquently than I just did there. And then she joins us on the on the line now. Hello, Hope. Hiya. Oh, it's a real pleasure to talk to you again. Um, uh, Ricky's been filling me in with um, how it's been progressing because um, we know about the petition, obviously, since you were last on. So uh, thanks so much for coming back on. Um, so I guess, obviously, um, the first question is, I just touched about dump the scales. and uh, But I think, obviously, well, actually, the first question I should ask, to be polite, is what we always ask people is how people are doing because I think it's appropriate for mental health. So how are you doing since we last spoke? Yeah, good, actually. Um, since we last spoke, I'm trying to think what I've done. Um, so I launched the campaign when I spoke to you last, yes. and then since then have been focusing a lot on that. Mm-hmm. But also, um, about six, seven months ago, I realised that I was one of those people that kind of functions living with my mental health problem. And I think a lot of us do that. I think we function and live our lives kind of as we live them. We know what works for us. We know what our coping mechanisms are. But for me, with the anorexia, I realised that I was functioning, living my life, eating the same meals every single week, exercising the same amount and drinking the same amount of alcohol or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And so six, seven months ago, I committed to challenging my recovery a bit more. So every day I challenge myself with food or exercise um, to try and push boundaries further, which is absolutely terrifying at times. Um, Yeah. But for me, it's a massive part of where I'm at with things now. And I think as kind of everyone it's important that we think about actually whether we're just functioning kind of high functioning in recovery or we're high functioning in that phase when we're really struggling but actually no one really knows the real us and what's going on inside and then Mm. realizing that actually if we challenge that further Mm. then we can get to a better place in our recovery do you find it less and less daunting hi 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 hope by the way it's ricky (laughs) nice to see you um that's really interesting so these challenges as um because i i'm 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 sort of uh, thinking that a certain time, a certain time ago, that that those challenges wouldn't have seemed possible. But now you're in a positive frame of mind where you you find yourself like wake up in the morning, and say I'm going to do this, 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 and this. I, I know from your tweets you you, you know use the social has- the, the hashtags of you know motivations for each day, and you challenge yourself, don't you? Yeah, and it is it is really challenging. It's challenging, <laughs> obviously, it's challenging. It's really <laughs> difficult at times to make myself do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got people around me who kind of push me to do it more. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's a place to start doing that at some point when you're in recovery. Because mm-hmm. I think if we don't, then we will never, we'll kind of be like 
yeah, surviving with our mental health, but never really getting to that place where yeah. we're thriving yeah. properly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a, this is actually a subject matter that I I I want to talk about more often because I think. You saw, would it be fair to say that you some, you know, we come across people and I, I know people in my own life where they, you reach a halfway house with your recovery as you just, I think the way you phrased it actually was, was, was quite a, a powerful one in that you, you are constant, uh, maybe the, the phrase like you're sort of constantly in recovery, which is not really where you want to be. Like you want to be recovered and, mm-hmm. and, you know, dealing with it in a kind of like it, you deal with it, but it's not the only thing you do. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you just get happy at kind of, yeah, getting to a place where you're just happy, kind of you're doing all right, and you know that you're well enough to keep living, but you're mm-hmm. not actually that happy deep down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think? Um, do you think that there's an element of, and, and I because I, I say this quite often, do you think it's because humans are um, designed to, 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 to be involved like um addicted to like routines and stuff, the idea that they, they, they want to be, I mean, that's a level, is that, that the way I look at it is it's almost that's a level of comfort is to be you know the idea I guess psychologically what I'm getting at is that if you're if you do the same thing over and over again in terms of like too much routine then your brain you're you're teaching your brain to at least have some level of like expectation of how it's going to be do you get what I'm trying to say yeah no I do and I think I do agree with the routine thing I think particularly for me because I was in hospital for so long yeah I became quite institutionalized yeah in how I did things and I love having a routine and for me I think it's healthy and it's fine to have a routine but it's when that routine starts to restrict you yes exactly like I'm not actually in that good a place with this Mm -hmm. and for me that's what was happening it was kind of like there were some restaurants that I couldn't go to so if my friends all went to those restaurants Mm. I'd be like shall I go and feel like rubbish after having a meal or shall I just not go and make it easier and I think it is you're kind of in this comfortable space and just the effort of challenging stuff sometimes mm. just seems like too much and just not worth it. Yeah, but, uh, on the back of that, I guess is it uh, just? Uh, and I know Ricky's got want to say something in a second. It's just do you, um do you think the problem with that? I'm just thinking of this as you were answering. Is that do you think because of the fact that you do, that you're in a routine that you it's not understanding that your needs change over time? Like you know that we're we're constantly you know we're we're fluctuating as human beings. We fluctuate in terms of what our desires and needs are. So having a routine that's the same every time like negates that. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. No, I think that's right. I think that just makes sense. Yeah. I think everyone loves that routine, don't they? Kind of yeah. wherever they are with their mental health. Mm-hmm. I do think you're right, though, in the sense of that. Uh, sorry, Rick, I didn't mean to interrupt. It's just that yeah. I do think it makes sense, uh, though. That have as you, I think what we're discussing here in terms of routines, like for example, having a, a a routine of like what time you get out of bed each day is is I think everyone's in sort of agreement that that's a good idea. Um, yeah. you know, so there's that kind of routine that that's that's essential. But yeah, when you what you phrase that it's a bit like any addiction, isn't it? If you do too much of a routine, then you're not in, you're not mm-hmm. being flamboyant enough for. Well, the only yourself. point I was going to make on. Back yeah, sorry, was that, is that, that, that I completely get where you're coming from because there's a danger of like um, if you stick to the same thing where it becomes too much of a safe, safety mechanism it's, yeah. you, you're going to be in a rut aren't you yeah. like yeah. I'm, in, I'm in a stage now where um, I'm changing jobs to some extent so that I'm, I'm embracing that challenge and, and I'll sort of run most days you know part of my morning routine but um, yeah um, so hope brilliant that you're back on do you want to in, in case for listeners who weren't um, listening to your last appearance can you give your your a little hint at your backstory and and what what became the inspiration behind uh, the dumped skills petition 
Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I um, kind of lived, I did live with anorexia from the age of 12 up until 17. Mm-hmm. And it was like having this best friend with me the entire time. Yeah. And a huge thing for me was around control and suppressing my emotions, all of the emotions that I didn't want to feel. And I kind of thrived off all of those feelings that I got from the anorexia and how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. For that four-year period, I didn't think there was anything the matter with me. I was in this constant state of denial about food and exercise. And eventually, after getting very unwell with the anorexia, I was admitted to a mental health hospital. Mm-hmm. And you kind of fast forward a year, and I had this year in hospital when I was trying really, really hard to recover, so learning about food, exercise, and then to talk about how I felt. And I left that hospital, and I felt quite equipped to deal with my everyday life. I had this routine I was quite institutionalized but actually I knew what I needed to do to stay well and I felt pretty confident that I could leave hospital and manage my recovery Mm -hmm. on my own with my own support network Mm -hmm. and for kind of the next five years everything just slotted into place and I didn't calorie count I didn't obsess over exercise I wasn't constantly stressing around food and everything that comes with the anorexia yeah but a really frustrating thing, like you guys will be, know, is with mental health, you have to manage it. And if you don't manage it in the right way, yeah. there's kind of that potential at some point in life that if you're not listening to yourself and getting that right support, mm-hmm. it could come back. Mm-hmm. And in 2016, my grandma passed away. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time since coming out of hospital kind of eight years previously that that anorexic voice came back kind of loud and clear, relentlessly mm-hmm. nagging me every single day. Mm-hmm. And the really frustrating thing was I knew what was happening and I knew that you can't one day get up and be anorexic and the next day somehow switch off all of that emotional stuff and all of those voices in your head that are telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. And I also knew that I really didn't want to end up back as an inpatient in adult services. So I knew that I had to do something to tackle this. Mm-hmm. And after a couple of months of kind of struggling with it, I mm-hmm. referred myself to services. Mm-hmm. went to an appointment which for someone with a mental health problem is very difficult in itself but when yeah. you have anorexia you have the whole guilt that comes with it there's this mm-hmm. whole competitive nature behind it and so it took a lot of courage to go to that appointment and I gave my whole back history at the appointment I pretty much ticked all of the boxes to be admitted for support so whether it was so for outpatient support but after they weighed me they realized that I wasn't underweight enough so there wasn't mm. actually anything they could offer me mm. and I left that appointment and just felt like this fake anorexic person I spent four weeks pretty much constantly crying like working out all the time like obsessing about food and came very close to ending my life because I just wanted that whole anorexic side of my brain sorry to interject up can I can I just say so even though you had spent a year in in the mental health hospital and I assume you were diagnosed with anorexia they was yeah. they still ignored that as to just say you what your fake fake hacking anorexia now I find that quite bizarre yeah it was and it was I think that was what the most frustrating thing was mm-hmm. was it was like I, I know what I know how to lose all of that weight I've yeah. done this before mm-hmm. Um, you saw how, like, you can see from my notes, like, how unwell I was before to spend a year in hospital. And actually, they could prevent me getting really, really Mm. sick just by giving me... All I wanted, basically, was, like, an hour of therapy for maybe six, seven weeks just to help me get back on track with it. And I think, it's like, it's just frustrating with mental health, generally, isn't it? When you reach out for support Mm. and you're just denied support because they don't think you're sick enough. And you spend a lot of your life not feeling like you're good enough for anything anyway and that you're not sick enough compared to everyone else 
who's struggling and so your problems don't matter as much and then to mm-hmm. be told that by a clinician yeah. it's just like this is just a mess mm-hmm. i do think actually um because this is something i don't know whether we i don't remember us talking about this that much but i i was in a psychiatric ward for a couple of months and um i think that's a subject matter that i think maybe we should maybe discuss with you at some point because i think that's something that um, if we're talking about sort of um, uh, stigma or the way people sort of perceive these things, they're not really discussed at any length. So I'd be curious to talk to you about that. Probably not. I don't think we have time for it now. But um, but yeah, yeah. I, um, I do think like you know the because I I just wanted to say on the back of what you just said because I was obviously just listening listening intently is to say um the way that I got my support with my bipolar disorder um because obviously you have like sort of episodes with it where you don't it it makes things more difficult in certain times yeah. than others and obviously I have symptoms every day but that's quite mild at the minute but um um it was only through you it, it resonated with me so strong what you said there about the mental health side of any condition regardless if it's like mental health's the problem or it's a byproduct of something else is just the need to have a, a therapy to work out how you're able to cope with it and it was only through sheer luck for me that that a psychiatrist actually got hired at the mental health hospital that i was at and agreed to speak to me twice a day for two months that i actually um started to feel better because it felt like finally my my issues are being um you know dealt with (laughs) Uh, was that the same experience for you uh, briefly yeah, no, it was, and it was. It is that sense of yeah, it's that sense of relief that you really need some help, and you don't know what the matter is with you, and you feel completely alone. But when you go into services and get that proper support, you do have like that complete like no judgment, nothing. You can talk about anything, and you are able to get the support that you need with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I think that... interestingly, actually, I was an event. I was at an event last night, and um, we talked quite a lot about labelling. Yeah. And whether it's good to label someone with a mental health mm-hmm. problem to whether uh, or whether you just should just say mental ill health and leave that as like a generic term i personally like not like because i don't like having a label but i like the label because it helps me to know more about my condition yeah, it helps definitely. me to manage it moving yeah. forward but i think it's yeah, some people are very against labels, aren't they? Well, yeah. I mean, um, it depends. It depends. Uh, in my opinion, on that, it, that's something we we've debated on here before. And I think the issue—it's a bit like it depends on it depends what subject matter you're dealing with. Because I mean, obviously, we're talking about mental health. Well, but for I mean, me, um, for me, when I had my PTSD diagnosis, it was of immense relief because finally I knew what was going on under, yeah. on underneath, and I could learn about it. I could learn about how to deal with it. Because yeah. for years and years, I was at a loss. Um, but I think the downside is, I mean, I know we're sort of end, end, end up debating about this now, but this is why it's a conversation, <laughs> is that, I, I mean, you're, you're just echoing what, you're echoing what Laura just said there, but um, uh, what Hope said there, sorry, um, is um, is um, that I find that the, the downside of that, though, is that if, if I found, like, because there's some illnesses like in my case illnesses yeah. are perceived as something yeah. else some of so them they are spend... lo- they're loaded aren't they yeah. and, and so... a bit like the conversation with the with the the consultancy agency because the once you put that label down on let's say like a job application or something, yeah people are gonna be like oh you know it's like, yeah so maybe maybe like the criteria is because what i was getting at is is that there was i got several diagnoses and it was almost like instead of actually dealing with the problem that they, they, they spend all the effort trying to work out what it is that you have and i know that that's useful once you know it but then obviously if you're waiting to get some like emergency help with your mental health condition it's not yeah. ideal if you see what i'm saying i guess that's my asterisk behind uh, what we're discussing yeah, here that makes sense. um but and it but but yes I, maybe maybe i think an interesting way of summarizing this point is to say that um 
it's good for the individual to know what condition to have to echo exactly what you just said hope because i think you're absolutely right it helps you to focus on what your needs are as an individual and whatnot but maybe in a wider sense it's not necessary for a person to know exactly what you have like so in a job application if if we reach the point where it's okay to say you've got a mental health condition but then then it's the argument of whether is that a privacy thing or is it not a privacy thing is it appropriate to ask a person i'm not sure but maybe maybe that's the issue um uh, so since the last time, Hope, your your, your petitions really, really galvanised. Yeah, and, I was just and, about to talk on that. Yeah. On April the 10th, if I've got the date correct, you yeah, ended up fine. on the steps of 10 Downing Street. Tell us about that. Yeah, no, it was awesome, actually. Um, so we went and presented the petition to number 10. Um, so uh, basically what happens is on the day is you just go through, you do all the security checks and stuff, um, and then, yeah, we presented it, and we now get a formal response from the Prime Minister from Number 10 actually stating what they're going to do to tackle this as an issue. Um, I think it has been a really exciting kind of six, seven months of this petition. We've got... You got high-profile support, didn't you? What yeah, some did, of the yeah, some yeah. of the big names that were that got, yeah, got behind so it? Yeah, Sean Fletcher came and Rachel Morris, who's a Paralympic yeah. athlete, yeah. Um, who have got... Both of them have got really behind the campaign, which is awesome. Mm. And we've got, like, a range of MPs who are really supporting it as well. Mm. And I think people are beginning to see that it's a massive issue. I think it goes wider than just eating disorders, really, and getting us to actually think about, as society, how we view people and that whole issue around weight. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, like, started a lot of conversation around that, which is, yeah, really, really exciting, actually. Well, what I was going to do is a little bit of a fun thing, and then uh, we have another guest waiting. We actually, I actually just thought because we played enough ads today, is that we'll just go straight to Anchor after this, because mm-hmm. um, um, Anchor's just joined us in the studio. But we'll be right with her in a second. Um, I was going to do a little fun thing. I know this is radio, but I was going to go. I was going to like do a clicking mouse motion to say I've signed your petition right on it. <laughs> so I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do it now. We should have like a drum roll thing because I've set it. All, I've set it all up, and I just click sign this petition. Let's see if it works. Uh, yeah, I this think it's This is worked. a radio face for us. Yeah, I think it's worked. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, 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 signatures i was just literally on the website which is why i was yeah. going to do that thing um because you want to get to the seventy five thousand. i was just clicking on your uh your link that you put on twitter and it's seventy thousand yeah. three hundred ninety six right now so someone else has just signed it um so yeah um so yeah i mean i guess yeah it's getting there absolutely um so i guess um uh, maybe it's you're on the air now and people are signing it we'll, you never we'll know. share it we'll share yeah. it again when um it's it's just yeah well, I hope I hope it does because I mean that's what the reason we do a show like this is to to help people like yourself. So, um, I guess finally, um, um, because we always want to talk about sort of future things because obviously we 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 talked to you when this sort of first got into motion and obviously now it's um it's really picking up steam and you you just talked to Ricky about the Downing Street experience. So, yeah. if it does get to where you want it to be in terms of signatures and whatnot, what what would you say very briefly because we need to move on? Is that uh, what what's the next step? 
Um, so at the moment we don't because the signatures are amazing and we really really want more because it helps the government to see it as a priority. But regardless of whether we get the signatures or not, I'm going to keep kind of campaigning for yeah. this and see what the government will do. Yeah. So the plan is is to roll out a number of pilot sites across the uh, country, so in England, Scotland, and Wales. I will be focusing on eating disorder prevention and kind of general education and raising awareness, but also making sure that we get out to all kind of schools and mm-hmm. talk to kind of parents and carers as well about actually how they can spot the signs. And I think just kind of like to end on, I guess we I do think that we all have that duty of responsibility to actually start picking up kind of the pieces when it comes to mental health and trying to support one another. Yeah. And also the work that I do is in corporates and actually getting them to understand what their role is to play. And and also the way we talk about eating disorder as well. I mean, just very quickly, we had a brief Twitter chat, didn't we, not so long ago about the way that there's some merchandise being sold, like some clothing that had the words and the way they put anorexia on. But we'll we'll talk about more more about the depth next time on because we'd we'd love to have you again. I mean, like this is an ongoing thing, so I'm sure we'll 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 pick it up again yeah, at some point soon. Yeah, that'd be awesome. cool, great. Thanks a lot, Hope. It was a real pleasure, Thank and you. and congratulations with everything. Um, it, I'm I'm really pleased to see that this is going so well. Um, and um, you know, it's great that like you know, I th- I think what you summarised right at the end is a classic example. I think you're absolutely right because um, you know. I guess our remit is doing a show like this is it's good to talk about things but obviously you know some people we, organizations we talk to individuals like yourself it needs to, some things need to be legislated as well you know it yeah. needs to get to the government level because we can just sit and talk about it till the cows come home but actually yeah, you know true. petitions like this are <laughs> really yeah necessary so continued success in there let us uh, keep us posted with how it's going to go no, I um, you definitely thank you great. Yeah, pleasure you hope, hope. Uh, have a good weekend and everything and uh, we'll you talk too. to you soon thank you bye thanks bye, bye. Um, wow, amazing! I'm so pleased for her. I mean, I remember last time we spoke to her, and it was a really, uh, it was a really good thing. Well, I think so the petition last time when we spoke was just, just had just took flight, so they've had like seventy odd thousand uh, signatures since. I so. was trying, I was trying to um, confirm this petition on my email, but it wouldn't let us do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I don't think I've got a signal in here. But there you go. Anyway, we'll not keep our next guest waiting because, as I said, we were going to do a, we were going to do a little, uh, a little break. But um, I'll provide the context anchor before we start chatting. Um, so as we touched on, because we had Darren, uh, you remember Darren and Ian at the conference yes. um so we we had them on earlier today at 12 30 so um we me and anka who you just heard heard there speak for a second is um from grandparents plus which i'm really excited to talk to her about because this is something i've read a lot about since um since uh, we last spoke because it was something um I, I knew very little about i think i told you that actually while yes. when we were talking um and so we met at the conference for social work um social work participation uh, uh NESWA, as it's known for short um uh not what how do, what does that stand for the national uh, i don't know uh, social work association or something anyway but that's the that's the abbreviation NESWA. and we met at that conference a few weeks ago um and uh, you were talking about grandparents plus so um i wanted to invite you on because i thought it's such an interesting thing so um thank you so much for joining me first thank of all thank you for inviting me <laughs> it's no problem at all um so how, how i mean the most appropriate thing because you just heard us talk to uh, one of our guests hope there is uh, i guess the first port of call is to ask how you've been since i last saw you because it's a mental health show so i'm gonna ask how <laughs> you are um, yes yeah, so i've been great thank you very much Stephen. Um, it's been a really busy time for us at grandparents plus yep Um so as i probably explained we're the only leading 
leading national charity dedicated to supporting kinship carers. Yeah. Um, and what a lot of people don't realise is that there are over 200,000 children living in kinship care. Mm-hmm. Um, and a kinship care can be any relative or a connected person who stepped in to raise a child or children when they um, unfortunately aren't able to live with their parents. Um, and despite stepping in to care for vulnerable children, most kinship carers aren't entitled to any statutory support at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, um, can you do me a favour, Ricky, and just move the microphone, uh, just so she's a bit nearer. I can hear you quite well, but I'm just making sure that, you know, right. that's better. Thank yeah, you. Okay. Um, so, yeah, um, it's very funny, yeah, because that's that was the key thing when we were discussing these things that made me fascinated. Because And then um, this is going to sound like it makes no sense to what you just said, but there is a connection. It's that um, I'm a big Judge Judy fan. I know, like, that's my, like, guilty pleasure I said I said give me a couple of minutes okay, okay? okay and I, it'll make sense it'll make sense because although Judge Judy it, it like you know it, it does get its like criticisms and whatnot because it's just a court thing because she's like an arbiter and she figures out things I saw um the thing that got our Judge Judy show in the first place was she was a family court judge and oh, I saw yeah. so on YouTube right now and I really encourage people to look at this because I thought this was endlessly fascinating I showed my partner this last night because she talked about kinship care within that and because in family court in new york she was one of the main judges and so the reason she got a show in the first place is because this was on the very famous show in america 60 minutes and so they did a segment about her for 15 minutes and it it was loads of that they recorded her in session for one day and she talked about kinship care um in relation to like the money the 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 limited opportunities and the and difficult it is to get money and doing the thing that's right for the child and all that sort of thing so the so the reason i'm i got fascinated by that and why i was excited to have you on is i guess from your point of view and like because obviously we can talk about it from the point of view of the guardians who are looking after these children but what i I'm guess i'm curious when i was listening to that going yeah it is all about the child and what the best thing is for the child so can we i guess the thing i wanted to ask you in terms of is that the complications within like with your organisation and the help that you provide, what help do, can you do to like make sure that that child gets the help that they need in relation to the gu- help and the guardians at the same time? Like, what are the what are the restrictions that you come across basically? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point you've made. Yeah. Um, just to kind of reiterate that we on our recent survey that Grandparents Plus did, thirty two percent of um, kinship carers said that they were worried about their mental and physical health and their ability to carry out their role, and if they were not no longer able to carry out their role then 64,000 children will be back into the care wow. system yeah. which at an estimate of 2.1 billion um, that that extra would cost local authorities so in terms of an organisation we provide that dedicated support to kinship carers to enable them to be able to, to do um, a job where they can care for the children that are in mm-hmm. their care without the, the relevant support and financial backing yeah. um, then carers really struggle um, I, I find as well that the, the, the sort of, uh, I guess if I was playing like a role of sort of devil's advocate or whatever it may be, is to say, um, I assume like the, 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 the happy story in relation to this, and I don't want to make this sound depressing, but I guess this is, the, yeah. this is what I'm thinking about when, I'm, when, I, when I was thinking of this, is to go, there's obvious examples in, in mainstream media. I mean, you, see, you hear them every now and again and go, what wonderful, because I mean, like stepdads and all this sort of thing is probably a more common example. But I mean, I know this is slightly different, but I'm saying yeah. not biological parents or guardians. Is there, there's obviously good stories because there'll be people who would want to look after these people, but is there an element of people end up getting stuck together and then trying to work it out that way? Do you see what I'm saying in terms of the, 
do, do maybe that that because I'm think I, I guess my my reasoning to say this is it's coming from being a carer is that you have these periods of time where you obviously want to do it because you like you care for this person whether they you they're biological or whatever you care for that person want to help them but yes. the the stress levels and yes. that it does make you feel like you 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 can't do it in certain senses and is that really where you guys like focus on and come in yes definitely i think the support that we provide really does prevent the breakdown of of these of these family relationships so we have dedicated project worker support in certain areas of the country um, and those project workers will go out to see a kinship carer and really just provide that listening ear and be that person there who can provide that additional support so if somebody's um, struggling with school issues or they're struggling with um, health related issues they can go along accompany people to appointments and provide that additional level of support um, they can also provide support around um, setting up of kinship care support groups we mm-hmm. have a number of support groups in the northeast and other areas of the UK and those support groups allow kinship carers to come together to realize that they're not on their own they're not isolated um, and they can discuss any issues within those support groups they can also provide activities for children and carers and um, just that little bit of a break away from the from the routine of the life that they're, that they're in at the moment and it's nice to get it's 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 nice to hear that that support network mm. is out there because mm. again we're talking about a particular example that doesn't really get talked about in terms of because of the fact yeah. I mean I guess it's because it's obviously because it's not you're not biologically related to these people so that that people don't know about it as much because I never heard the term kin, did you ever no, hear no, uh, me, yeah. kinship kinship care I never even heard of that term yeah. so and when you think um, there's two hundred thousand children yeah. living in kinship mm. care that we know about at the moment it is mm-hmm. a huge issue it often goes quite hidden as well because of the 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 issues when children come to live with a family member and often there can be stigma around that and the carer can become more isolated because of the issues that have led to that breakup in the in the relationship to start with Mm -hmm. so the the, so the issue of kinship care becomes quite hidden and as a charity we're very much about making that um, more aware you know out there so that people do realize what the what the term kinship care actually means yeah often when i hear um people who've been put into care that they have um it's obviously very challenging and uh, uh they they have it's challenging to their mental health and they often they often use the word identity and i wonder with kinship care is that with that um with that in place is that as an option a more favored option possibly that yeah. things regarding things like identity and mental health are, are, are more reassuring in that way if they're put in with a wider family network and so on. Yes, 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 I totally agree. And I yeah. think that's why kinship care is becoming a more preferable option yeah. within the care setting because mm-hmm. we know that where appropriate, it's more um, beneficial for a child to remain within the family member mm. where they have that, like you, you mm. explained there, that, that identity. Yeah. And they know they're belonging. The, yeah. the carer can say, you know, I know what it was like for your first smile or, mm. or you know, you know your uncle mm. and your auntie. They have that connection with the family mm. and that's really important for a child. And often with care, it's not just one stable home. It's, 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 you're hopping around, aren't you, from, from yes. one sta- stable. Yes. And, and therefore it puts the word stable into sort of a contradiction in a way because if you're putting a temporary uh, time limit on, on, the, on, on stability, it's not really stable, is it? So I no. guess with kinship care... There's more. There's more chance of that happening. Would yes. you say that was the yeah. case? Yeah. Oh, definitely. There's yeah. that stable, loving environment mm-hmm. for that child to be able to thrive. Yeah. Um, some recent research that's been done called "Growing Up in Kinship Care," which was mm-hmm. done by Professor Elaine Farmer from Bristol University. It's the first study of young people who've grown up in mm-hmm. kinship care, mm-hmm. and that does reveal a lot of those kind of findings mm-hmm. where where young people that have grown up have really felt that level of yeah. of care and and, and identity. Mm-hmm.
identity. Mm. And you, it's not as if you're putting like care versus kinship care. You're not pitching one one against each other. No. You ju- it's just ma- ma- it's put making sure that there's a more favourable option there to yes. you know if if needed be. Yes. And it's not going to be in everyone's case, you know. No. You know, when but, uh, and when a child when it, when a situation arises where a child um, it, it's not favourable for, for them to live with a family yeah. member, um, sorry, biological parents any longer, mm-hmm. and children's services may be involved. A full mm-hmm. assessment is done of that family mm-hmm. and to ensure that it is the best place for that yeah. child mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. I was, so, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, about say, like say, sort of safeguarding that the, the the child ends up in the right place yeah. because. Yeah. Um, uh, as a, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I was just because uh, I was gonna I was gonna like um, turn that into a specific. Um, example because obviously Grandparents Plus because that is the name of your organisation and yes. I'm thinking because um, you'll know the research better than me in your organisation well, which is why I'm asking because um, we love learning on this programme um, <laughs> is, um, is just about to me, the obvious implication is, and I guess I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm being the, I'm being the ignorant, like saying a stereotype and saying like how accurate something is, even though I don't necessarily believe this. I just think it's, it's worth yeah. asking in this open, in this open conversation, is to say, um, do, when you say grandparents plus, do, does 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 sometimes children end up with grandparents by default? Because of, I, I'm thinking of them, um, because I'm thinking of a circumstance where, like, maybe a child, like, loses their parents all of a sudden. Like, I guess the example I'm thinking of is maybe, like, they die in a car crash or something like that. And then the grandparents are suddenly go, well, they're next of kin or the most available to do that. Um, does that happen? Or, and, and in that case, does that, is that a challenge to, to, like, sort of help them through that and implement that? in yes. that circumstance yes. do you see what I'm saying yes no definitely so we do have carers where they're taking on the care of a child when, when a family member has passed away um, and those situations are often called involuntary arrangements where the I children's see. services may not be involved so the child has not had to be removed for safety reasons yes mm-hmm. um, it is important that those carers still get the right level of assessment by the local authority of to course. ensure that yeah, they yeah. are still yeah. suitable to mm-hmm. care for a child long term mm-hmm. um, so, so local authorities will provide an assessment and a level of support as well it may be deemed that um you know that they still need some level of legal order to allow them to mm-hmm. have consent for a child you know in terms of um medical consent and schooling and all mm-hmm. of those kind of arrangements um but yes it's still important that they receive that level of support but it can be more challenging um i mean i guess the the, the i'm so pleased you said the word legal because i think that's the other interesting angle i think to approach with this is to say because we use the term guardians as well because i i, I find like um, this, I think I, I might have said this to you at the conference or whatever, but I've recently became a dad, and one of the things that my partner says to me, which is nice, because she obviously shows she's aware, she's aware of like what my needs or desires are in relation to being a dad, is that it, it's more complicated if you aren't married to do with certain things and so I'm thinking of like you know so obviously you know because you know when people say the phrase which we think is hilarious you should get married because the legal stuff that you get like <laughs> wait, is that really is that really how people should get married now is this so we're legally bound together well, you've got some interesting yeah. conversations coming up yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so romantic yeah, yeah. I'm so romantic me I'm, I'm going to be sitting in a, in a restaurant going should you be legally be bound um, by the laws of our state uh, like you know where, oh my god Stephen yeah <laughs> so romantic yeah but 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 sorry i, I was just me being being me and my silly side coming through here but but the serious side to it is that when we use the term guardian 
I often find that it's because you can't legally say parent or, or legal guardian or all that sort of thing. So I'm interested for you to talk about within your organisation about helping them in a legal side and, and, and also if you can talk about, because I'm fascinated to know this, like what restrictions do these type of um, guardians have on the and helping them? Because, of you know, in my limited experience, I've seen some examples. So if you could discuss... Yeah. what challenges they face from a legal point of view yeah. we have a dedicated um, advice service that kinship carers can access which is a free advice service um, by telephone or online by email um, and they will be able to signpost kinship carers for relevant legal help which is really important especially at the early stages of a process to, in it, to ensure that um, special guardians or kinship carers are getting the right level of legal support in terms of the legal order like you explained Stephen there are various different legal orders for kinship care and mm-hmm. um, one of the main legal orders orders is a special guardianship order um, which is done via an assessment process with the local authority. Um, it's a vigorous assessment process just to ensure that um, a child is best placed with, with a, whichever family member that is being assessed at that time mm-hmm. and that legal order allows a kinship carer to have overriding parental responsibility until a child is 18. Um, so that really makes them in, in a sense parent so yeah. they make all the decisions around um, edu- education yeah, that's what I was thinking of yeah. um, all of those all of those kind of things and there are various other legal orders that, that can be in place for, for kinship care as well um, one of those legal orders is a child arrangement order um, which again provides a level of permanency um, but where they normally where the bi- biological parents also have um, parental responsibility as well mm-hmm. and then there are le- other orders where the local authority may be still more involved like a care order so the kinship carer will be in a sense like a foster carer or connected carer yes so the local authority will still have care over the child as well oh that's good so there's some sort of like middle ground as well they don't necessarily have to be like a full guardian they can just be a foster like uh, i mean i know yes. I'm, i know we don't got time to go into the like little indus- idiosyncrasy like um little yes. dif- the little differences between the two but and what's um, the most important is what's best for the child yes so the local authority yes. do assessments and, and assess what is best for the child and i think where we come in as a charity is ensuring that those carers get that level of support mm-hmm. that is needed in order to, to there are fun aspects to your sport and the things like ranging holidays and things you yeah do, do a bit more on that to talk yes definitely that. Yeah. so our advice service can signpost people to the family holiday association and we apply for grants oh, for holidays okay and um, which again is those short breaks to enable mm. carers just to have that bit of a break away most kinship carers are plunging themselves mm. into poverty in order to care for these children oh, right. so okay. finances in terms of yeah. holidays really often it's just not possible yeah so enabling someone to go away for a short break caravan break it really does make
a different So, so it was a respite family. thing as well, in a way. Well, the carers will still be with the children, yeah. but just getting away from, yeah. from their environment that they've been yeah. living in and sometimes the, the extended family issues mm. are, that are going on as well. Um, also, the, the support groups where they're independent mm -hmm. will often be raising money and arranging events and activities. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they go away on day trips with those as well. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just the opportunity for the children to come together as well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes these children get quite isolated in their situation. They may not know other children living in kinship care. So there's something they can relate to, to one and each other. Yes, to each other. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So the very yeah, the support groups are about supporting with the times mm -hmm. that are difficult, but also having that bit of fun mm -hmm. time as well and that that release amongst people where mm -hmm. they know. They, they get it and mm. they understand. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, uh, we, we've, we've hit two o'clock, but what I've decided to do is just extend the recording a little bit longer because there's a couple of things I want to ask you. If that's okay, just for a couple yeah. more minutes, because um, we're allowed to go a little bit over. But obviously, we need to uh, we need to adhere to ads at some point. So, um, but yeah, a couple of questions I just was curious about because I know I, I know I um, I talked to you a little bit at the conference, which was really yeah. nice. Um, it's just um, maybe if you're comfortable with it, just a little bit about your background as to why, like how you got involved in in Grandparents Plus in the first place, if that's okay. I'm just cute because I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, kind of my background going with yeah. that was in um, my, my um, degree with sociology and then I went into substance misuse work. So I worked in residential okay. care for right. um, substance misusers and um, people with alcohol difficulties. And at that time, I first came into contact with kinship carers um, because they would come on weekend visits and they would often be looking after the children mm. where their children were in, in residential care yeah. for their substance misuse issues. So oh, they were great. coming along, bringing the children and I would have conversations with them in terms of you know what it was like and really started to re really recognise the struggles that they were having mm. um, in terms of supporting a child with it within their adult child mm. within care, within that care setting but also raising these children and bringing them along mm. so that started my interest in kinship care i then worked for Northumberland youth, youth offending service in parenting mm. work um so that was um, working with with parents and carers of young people where they were at risk of offending or had offended so again came mm -hmm. into a lot of con contact with kinship care and that mm. really led me into this work and and it's mm -hmm. a, just such an enjoyable work mm -hmm. to be in it sounds it and i yeah. mean it's a classic example of something that like um, happens a lot because I mean you just did the, the numbers at the beginning of our conversation and just how important it is for people to get support in that particular field. It's an example where so, ha, where having an organisation to deal with something specific is actually really useful because I mean I, I'm, I'm sometimes like a little in, in, in when I when we discuss these things on air I sometimes say that having something specific can be maybe a negative in terms of it doesn't like with, with mental health in particular but this is such a this is such a an uh, uh, again, because of the fact I was fascinated, I've never heard of this term. The, I obviously had heard, because um, it's actually the Judge Duty thing I touched on earlier. She discussed from the American point of view how grandparents who get into kinship care for a variety of different reasons exactly get into bankruptcy which is what you yeah, just touched yeah. on earlier because the the demand because you can understand it as well in a circumstance where that that child's just li literally fell into yeah. their care yeah the, the how You're can you be, yeah you, how can you be yeah. prepared from a i mean i know we do a mental health show but i'm i mean not just the financial implications yeah, exactly. but the mental yeah, and yeah. emotional yeah. burden Definitely. that it puts on you and if you're a good I mean, do you, it's obviously fair to say, isn't it, that if you're a good moral abiding person and someone who you know or relate to or whatever is in a situation where they need your help, it's going to be very difficult to find somebody who's not going to at least try, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. So yes. I think that's probably the problem, you know. It's very similar to a carer to a carer um, uh, environment, you know, because I look after my mom who's got Parkinson's disease, and it's like, um, you do it because you love them and everything else, but it doesn't mean there's certain aspects to it that are hard yes. and require, you know 
support and and advice a lot of the time. I mean, are are you guys big on advice and and no, you know if, so if if people ask for it, obviously, because um yes. you know yeah um, definitely. Like I said, I explained we've got our free um advice service. Great. Um and and that's a fantastic resource. The kinship carers can ring up, just get that that free independent trusted support and advice from that advice service. Yeah. Um, obviously, in areas where we have project worker support as well, they're on hand um to, to provide that one to one support, that intensive support that kinship carers might need. And like you've explained, Stephen, often um children are literally coming to the door and it might be there might be one child there might be four children yeah. and it might be a case of can you take these children mm. now they, they need to be removed mm-hmm. and it and it you know a, a carer can be working and they might have to give up work to enable them to care mm. for these children yeah they might have a mortgage mm. and all of a sudden not just the emotional support you know the emotional aspects but the financial aspects as well really start to hit in and the key i think the key thing that i've understood with talking to you today is also that um which it's it's obvious when you think about it, but it's a it's a very key thing of making sure that it's right for the child because yeah. I guess people might have a stereotypical view of going well. It's someone they know must be better than going into care, whatever it may be. But then, how do you know what the circumstances are? Yeah. There's got to be some yeah. sort of assessment mm-hmm. to go. Is that the right place for them to be? Because you know they might end up in a position worse than they were before. And um, for interest yeah, of yeah. listeners, because I know you have a volunteering scheme. If they do. can get involved, yes. how, how can they get involved? Yes. If you contact Grandparents Plus on 0208-981-8001 or go to our website, which is grandparentsplus.org.uk, mm-hmm. then you can find out more. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. That's That was what I was going to end by asking you about the, the telephone and everything. I guess the, just a little quick thing, because we're going to wrap things up now, and I'll say thank you to our guests who have been on. But um, did you enjoy the conference? That was what I was going to ask you at the yes. beginning. It was brilliant, and it's, um, and it's so good to have our service users involved in that aspect as yeah. well, in, in influencing social work practice moving forward, um, mm-hmm. because their mm-hmm. views really matter. Yeah. And it was a real pleasure meeting you, and I enjoyed your, I enjoyed your, um, lot of like round table discussion yes, when we discussed you too. this. And, um, Thank you. yeah, it was really nice meeting you, and good luck with it, good luck with everything, and you're welcome back on any time to talk about this again, because, um, I, I, as I say, I, th- this obviously fascinates me, because I'm not shut up, <laughs> which is not what I normally do, it's just like, in terms of, um, I'm just, it's, it's, uh, yeah, um, it was one of them things after the conference that I just went, and I told you this at the time, I was like, this fascinates me, and I don't know anything about it, and I've read a ton about, like what what um what the the ramifications are and like how the process works in in obviously just a limited capacity which is why talking to you is uh, it's a fascinating discussion and i hope i hope we've all learned something and you're based <laughs> in, in community center is that right yeah. no no one of our support groups is based in oh, okay. community center right. yes but we're, we're uk um, nationwide, like nationwide, national, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you, if um, carers want to find out about any of the support groups, if they can go to Best the website online, yeah. or contact mm-hmm. us on the on the number that I've given, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Fantastic! <laughs> I encourage Thank people to have a look. Thanks so much, Sanka. It's been a real pleasure. Um, um, uh, I hope it wasn't too painful because I know, like you, were, <laughs> I know you were like, it'll have to. Be, I, mean, I hope you don't mind me saying this on air, but when I asked you to do, when I said you would you like to do it, you went, I guess it'll have to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to this side of it. That's why. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's been it's been. Great. Great, thank you. I hope so. Well, thanks. Uh, it's a pleasure to me. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. Um, right. Once you um, get the first one out of the way, the next one just comes naturally. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 After like, and after the first couple of questions, you're like, "This is not too bad. This yeah. is it's like it's a, yeah. it feels like a conversation with just a microphone in front of my face." Okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah, all all it needs us to do is to end the show. So uh, what I'm going to do is to thank obviously our guests before I get to Ricky's to say a huge thank you to uh, Laura Coyle uh, from Minds Well, who um, and also we encourage you to um, to watch Hurting to Heal. On 
on YouTube, YouTube yeah. which is uh, the suicide video that Laura did. Um, and uh, to Darren and to Ian from Empowerment Consultancy and Training, who we met at the conference, um, who, as I say, are going to potentially be on a Geek Partners podcast. So we'll, uh, and uh, I should probably get Hope on as well, because she seems interesting in terms of the uh, mental health hospitals and stuff, because we never discussed that with her. Um, so we had Hope Virgo, who I just mentioned, who is an anorexic survivor and author, who's behind the Dump the Scales petition, which now, as we currently stand, is close to 75,000 petitions, which is unbelievably great. Mm-hmm. And Anka, who we just spoke to now, who's still She's in the also published. Author should get a book out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I I think we touched on last time we, we spoke to her, but um, yeah. we didn't talk this time round. But it was um, I'm so pleased for her because I mean it was in its infancy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Double scales when we first just took flight like the so. petition and yeah, yeah and seeing her down and street. a difference a few months can do. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if we can help that in any way, that's what we're here for. And I mean that not in an egotistical way. It's very humbling. Yeah. It's very humbling to to, yeah. to to help people in this capacity. Well, Laura was um, nice as well. She said that she hadn't been able to talk about her mental health in that kind of capacity before. Yeah, which so is great. To us, so that's the whole point, isn't it? Well, and she's now mm-hmm. a peace support worker, so there you go. Mm-hmm. And Angus just said she's going to start a radio show. She's really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> she's had a new inspiration. Oh well, we, we tried, everyone. But anyway, but no, huge thank you to everyone who's listened to Mentally Sound today. Um, as I guess because we've got a, we, we, we've went a little bit over, it gives me time to say as well. So just to be clear, we're going to be on air next week. The reason for that is because two weeks ago our show didn't record because of a software problem. Um, so we're going to do an extra show to fill in the gap on the podcast on the line. Fortunately, this show is recorded, so um, this this will be released as a podcast in two weeks' time. And then we're doing our normal show the week after that, um, which will be the first one in May. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we're going to do an extra... <laughs> this is very complicated, Mental like I said at the beginning. Week, yeah. Mental Health Awareness Week is a week after that. So basically, in a nutshell, we're going to be on air three weeks in a row, which is very rare because we're a fortnightly show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing next week to fill a gap for the podcast we're going to do our regular show the following week and then the following week after that is mental health awareness week yeah. so we will discuss this we'll find a way for us to make sense yeah. and then we'll talk about our next show yeah. um because yeah um the, the, there was a there was a, a a cock up beyond us um that happened um i hope that's okay to say um, <laughs> um there was a there was a the mess up um <laughs> apologies if that was a swear word i didn't mean it that way but you know how i, how I mean it um but yeah so we'll, we'll we'll figure that all out. Um, but all these me say huge thank you to Ricky. No, huge thank you to sir. all thank our you. guests. I feel like I feel really kind that I gave you such a, um, a, a little bit of freedom. Um, I might, it, um, uh, and he usually does the booking on the guests, so I did this for most of today. So he's like put his feet up and going, "This I'm is nice." Been on holiday mode <laughs> ever since. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. This just sorting in, going. I don't need. Uh, just tell me what's coming, Stephen. Uh, Any um, if yeah. you're holding a conference out there, just book Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll be like, "Come on, let me sign, please. Come on, let me sign, please." Um, but yeah, and uh, as I always forget to say this as well, um, if you want to ask us any questions or ask yeah. any of the guests any questions it's at underscore mentally sound I'm at geek underscore apocalypse on twitter and Ricky is at vivid Ricky um, if you want to uh, ask us a question for the next show but all these minutes huge thank you everyone listening we're going to play some ads and we're going to end with a song um, not sure what song yet but um, uh, yeah and all these minutes thanks very much and we'll see you in one week's time mm-hmm. here on mentally sound on 98.8 FM Spice FM thanks guys have a good weekend <laughs>